Welcome to Southie Sessions, a podcast presented by Allison South Marketing and hosted by me, Emily Ann Lively. Here at Allison South, we ring a cowbell to celebrate our successes, whether big or small. On this show, we'll be celebrating successes with ink slingers, idea bringers, scribblers and strategists from the Augusta area and beyond. We'll get to hear their started from the kitchen table stories and learn why they ring the cowbell. I'm so excited to be back with another episode of Southie Sessions. Uh, today I'm sitting here with the wonderful Lisa Mayo. Uh, Lisa is a licensed certified public accountant in Georgia and Tennessee. She has more than 15 years of experience in public accounting. After founding Mayo Strategic Advisors in 2015, she recognized a significant void in the industry and began developing a plan to fill it. Lisa and the Mayo Strategic Advisors team provide services tailored to meet the needs of the individual client, from bookkeeping and tax preparation to KPI analysis and strategic planning. As trusted advisors, Mayo Strategic Advisors helps clients tell the story of their business through their numbers. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. Um, So really, I just kind of want to delve into what you do and why you you do it. Um, So are you originally from Augusta? Nope. I grew up in Oklahoma. What? I never do that. Yeah. Grew up in Oklahoma, transplanted here in 2012 with my husband who was active duty military. We thought we'd be here for a year. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) here we are nine years later. Nine years later. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you love about being in Augusta and being a business owner in Augusta? I love everything about Augusta. It's close to everything. Um, You know, you can be in Atlanta, big, big city. You can, you know, get to a major airport if you need to. You got the beach, the mountains. I mean, it's very, very quaint, uh, small town feels, (laughs) but Augusta is a big city. Um, it, It offers a lot being here. Being a small business owner, I love being a small business owner because I get to help other small businesses with their startups, with their growth. It's fun watching them with their success. The more I see them successful, I guess that's my my cowbell, right? right. I get to ring the cowbell. Exactly. For that. You're skipping ahead, Lisa. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm interested to hear about how that was during COVID. You know, you probably felt a lot of other people's pressures on you during that time too, you know, that you didn't want to see them fail because then you would feel like you failed too. I mean, I'm sure that was, that was difficult. I mean, we're coming out of that now, but yeah, I'm sure that was challenging. It, it definitely was. There was a lot of um, changes that happened, you know, with the tax code and right. the credits that came out on uh, just as a result of COVID, but helping businesses stay open, right. uh, applying for the PPP loans, getting mm-hmm. the idle loans, uh, making sure they had all the reports they needed because they couldn't just walk in and say, hey, I need the money. They needed all the financial information right. to go with it, um, right. you know, to, to back up and support those loans. So we were frantically working uh, at the end of March, early April 2020. Gosh. And then I came down with COVID no. for the whole month of April of 2020. So what did you do? Did you have to really just rely on your team? My staff picked up and did a, a fantastic job um, That's with, incredible. with me being out. Thankfully, I wasn't in the hospital, but it was, right. it was definitely a quarantine situation. But... By the time I had got the COVID, we had really worked through a lot of that because the applications opened in March. So we were able to really push it out. I mean, it was not... It was not a fun two or three weeks, and I can imagine being a banker at that time, too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) How many um, people do you have on staff? So we have 
six full-time on staff. Okay. And then myself would be seven. Wow. Small but mighty. Small but mighty. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, can you kind of walk me through, you know, how you got started in this accounting world? You know, your, mm-hmm. just your history and what ended up leading you here? Yeah. I think it's fun that you asked that because it started in high school. That's crazy to me. Nobody knows what they're going to do when they're in high school. That's I did. so awesome. I did. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't know it until uh, I think it was my senior year of high school. Okay. And uh, I, my instructor, Mr. Foltz, he was an amazing accounting business teacher. Um, the valedictorian of my senior class, of my class, he was in there with me. Super sharp guy. Um, I was very academic in school. I didn't get into athletics or any of the the sports at all. And I focused when you say on academic. Is that numbers or all of it? All of it, yeah. really. I, I mean, there are areas that I I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to read. Yeah. I love analyzing, which really is what accounting is. It's 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 more than just taking the numbers and making financial statements. It's analyzing the data because it right. it's it's interesting how it tells the story of a company. Right. You can tell things that happened. Um, it's kind of like as a tree grows and you've got the mm. notches around the tree and you can tell how old the tree is just by what, and what the seasons were like just by looking at the, the tree, right? Right. Um, the same with a company. If you look at their data, you can tell things that are going on when in the When they company. had a rocky year yeah. or a great mm-hmm. year. That's Quarters. They have, that might be seasonal, right. those different things. So it was my senior year, I took accounting and, um, me and the valedictorian in my <laughs> class, we were very competitive. You and competitive? No. He no was, way. <laughs> well, it was just very, it was just fun and it came very natural. It came very right. easy and I couldn't understand why others couldn't see the opposite side of the debit or the credit or mm. where things went. And right. It just didn't make sense to me because it came so easy. Well, I knew it was my passion and my my career, not just because I tried to outdo him, <laughs> but because I did outdo him. What? And, it, and it made him angry because he was valedictorian right. in my class. He was like, you can't outdo me. But I did. Um, That's amazing. Great guy. That's awesome. So I went on into to college and uh, focused on that. And, you know. Where'd you go to college? So I graduated from Austin P State University okay. in Tennessee. Okay. Um, but I had actually started my college back in Oklahoma and okay. then transferred there. But the the people in my class, they didn't want me to be in their class, especially when they graded on curve, because I always set the curve, <laughs> especially, in, especially in anything to do with math, algebra, trigs, uh, basically, yeah. Golly, I wish I had Statistics, that brain. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that way. I'm mm-hmm. such a creative mm-hmm. through and through. So I appreciate yeah. people like you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. My, my statistics uh, instructor, he, he came in, pri- he prided himself that no one has aced his exam in 10 years. Of course, that's very scary. And <clears throat> and you saw yeah. it as a challenge. I didn't really see it as a challenge. I thought, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and so, you know, I studied like crazy because I thought, oh my, I'm going to fail this class, you know, yeah. because he said nobody gets a perfect grade. Well, the, f- the first exam, mind you, the whole time I'm working full time, going to school at night, finishing my, my degree, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I walk in to take the test and he, uh, you know, I, I finished first and yeah. I, I was like, oh man. And I've learned over time, don't question, if you if you did the test, don't question your answers, right? Right. Uh, so I thought, oh man, do I turn it in? And so I turned it in, and and the next class came in, and of course we're all biting our nails because you know we're afraid 
we you're fail. fail. Right. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't let you fail because he graded on a curve. Okay. Um, however, he was walking around handing out the test and he said, you know, this hasn't happened in 10 years. He said, but I had not only one, but two people in the class that scored perfect on the exam. No way. I thought, oh my gosh, who are those two people? I'm going to be so mad at them. You know, I thought I was in the, I was in the opposite role now because people would be mad at me. And he, he said, and you happen to be one of them. And he (gasps) laid my test down. I was like, oh, the class hates me now. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was another girl, um, that was in there. She got a hundred on it as well, but uh, so it kind of women. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. It took the pressure off me a little bit that that wasn't just me, but (laughs) it just comes easy. Um, my brain works different, I guess, than somebody. Yeah, like me. Like that's artsy <laughs> or more creative, and right. I, I'm just really analytical. I analyze everything. I right. think I think about everything, and it, it's black or white, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no gray. It's, right. It is what it is. And that's what your job is. Mm-hmm. You have to be that way. Yeah. Well, so once you graduated college, what was your next step mm-hmm. after that? Where'd you go? Well, Did you stay in Tennessee then? So we were still, we were in Tennessee um, when I, when we graduated. And um, when I was finishing college, I actually went to work uh, at, with my internship was with the state of Tennessee Department of Finance um, and Revenue. And I was in the uh, capital, let's see, it was the capital... I forget what part of the finance and revenue, but we did federal drawdowns. Um, okay. They were building a prison out in um, East Tennessee okay, in Oak Ridge, I believe it was. And anyway, so we'd have to do federal drawdowns, all the reports on that. And so I, I got my six months in in government and realized that government's yeah. really not where I belonged. It, right. it was a cubby hole and I just felt like there was no room for growth. And I'm a very outgoing person. Mm-hmm. I have, I have, I love people. They right. energize me. Right. And sitting in a cubby all day didn't really do no. that for me. So I decided to give public accounting a try instead of staying in. Of course, they wanted me to stay at Well, of course, because you were probably great at what you were doing. Well, and, and my supervisor actually called me two years after I left and said that the state of Tennessee was um, changing their accounting software and they needed managers to head up the change. And uh-huh. she said that I was the first one that came to her mind and asked me to wow. come back. I said, I just can't do it, Nancy, because right. it's just not, um, it's just not my passion. And I believe right. wholeheartedly that you must find your passion in life mm-hmm. to be happy. You have to be the one that makes yourself happy. Right. And That's if so you true. can find your passion, it, it does, it's not about making the money at that point. It's about right. being, it's about being happy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that that was not going to make me happy. And right. so I stayed with public accounting. Um, so I left state of Tennessee, went into public accounting, and I never looked back. Wow. And I actually went to one of my professors and um, told him, I specifically went back to, co- the, to the class and I said, you lied to me. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you told me that as an accountant, all I would do was sit at a desk all day and just punch numbers. Mm. I said, but that's not true. I said, this firm is, has me in the public. They, they want me networking. They want me out meeting people and growing my business. And I said, um, you lied. Like you told me <laughs> yeah. I would just sit in my office, right. but that's not true. That's not what we do necessarily. Um, you know, being in public accounting, we, we deal with the public and we have to, you know, we have to have an outgoing personality. So I think that's really what's led to a lot of my success is, is I'm a people person. But yeah. so I started in public accounting and I never looked back. Wow. I mean, yeah, most of what you do is 
talking with business owners and mm -hmm. having that important relationship of, I have this for you and I, you can trust me to handle this for you. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge task. Trust is that a big is, thing. It's one of our core values. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just incredible. So after Tennessee, then you moved here and kind of started yeah, so we, Strategic Advisors? or Yep. So we left Tennessee um, in 2012. My husband's active duty military right, got right. stationed at Fort Gordon. Right. We knew when we came in 2012 that we were only going to be here for a year mm. um, at the time. That's what we thought. Of course, we're still here nine years later. Yeah. Um, we did get orders after the first year and moved to Fort Knox. And okay. three months into that move, he came home and said he was, um, he got orders and he was being deployed for the year. And I told him what? that that was good and that was um, great and all, but I wasn't staying in, in Kentucky. I was going yeah. back to Georgia. Really? Yes. And so um, we had bought a house in, in Kentucky and uh, still have that house, by the way. It's rented. We, no we love it. Mm -hmm. And I came here, and within six months, we bought another house, and he moved me back here before he deployed. I came back um, because there was just something about Augusta that I loved. Mm -hmm. I have no family here. Mm -hmm. I have no connections here growing up whatsoever. Right. But we that year we were here, it just felt like home. Right. So come and in. you probably made plenty of connections within that first year. Actually, I didn't. Really? I, I didn't make any connections um, because we thought we were going to be here for a year. I didn't really work. Um, mm -hmm. I did, I did a part-time job during tax season mm -hmm. that just kept me, kept me current on the tax law. Right. Not realizing that, um, I just loved Augusta mm. and this is, it just felt like home. Yes. Right. So when he came home and said he was getting deployed for the year, um, I told him I wanted to move back to Augusta and so moved back here, bought a house and then I planted my feet. Do you think you know, John being gone for that year kind of gave you that opportunity to really like dig your heels in and just work and focus and network. I mean, obviously you missed him and wanted him to be back, but you know, it's kind of a distraction, yeah. you know, so John getting is, started. <laughs> John is, uh, John has never stood in my way. He is the nicest guy ever. He is amazing. Hilarious. He really is. Also. He truly is. <laughs> he does not, when I say you should find a partner that compliments you, he truly is that person for me. Yeah. He um, he does not tell me no. Mm -hmm. He he we rationalize things together, obviously, but right. he would not hold me back. If he is actually the reason that I would say I decided to start the firm really? in Augusta. Mm -hmm. I was in. I worked for a couple of firms here in town, and it's not that I didn't love working in public accounting. It's just the one firm I worked at had a corporate culture that everything had to go up to corporate before you could make a decision. And it just wasn't how I grew up in public accounting. Right. It was a small, quaint, mid-sized firm where decisions were made locally. And um, so I left that firm and went to work for another firm. And man, that culture was not where I belonged at all. Wow. So I went home one day and I told John, I said, you know, maybe it's time I change and I, and I get out of public accounting. I had dabbled a little bit with um, going into corporate and the thought of maybe going back and get my law degree and being really mm -hmm, yeah that that was probably so you were really in between ideas. I was I was yeah. and um, I, I had considered you know being more of corporate and in the tax side of it and you know I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do at that time mm -hmm. and he said you know he said why don't you start your own firm wow. and I said oh that's a lot of work 
And he said, you're really good at what you do. And he said, I, you know, I, I feel like you would be very successful if you just started your own firm. Oh, so of course I awesome. sat on it for about a week and, and I went back to him and I told him that I thought he had a really good idea and I didn't know how I would start it uh, as far as, you know, where and what, but the plan all came together and that was in 2015, fall of 2015. And so my first real tax season on my own was the spring of 2016. And wow. there, there was a day that um, I was driving down I-20 and I said, you know, God, if this is what you want for me, you'll show me today. And he did. That's incredible. I mean, to have a spouse and a partner that champions your success and then for you to give it back to God like that too, it just, it's, yeah. that's big. That's awesome. Well, my phone never stopped ringing. <laughs> yeah, you are very lucky and hardworking and I think it all yeah. pays off. Well, I think getting out too and, and, you know, like I said, I planted my feet, getting in the community, it, it, it made a huge difference. Um, you know, I built a network that I love being around. And so it's just, it's just basically, you know, getting out there and saying, this is what I want to do right. and nothing's going to stop me. Right. You know, um, have, have I ran into roadblocks? Absolutely. Right. I think, I think all businesses do. It's just being prepared for those, which right is what I help small businesses do. So how can I not be prepared, right? Right. Um, but honestly, it was, it's, it's been a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. it, you can't own a business and it not be hard work. Right. It's, it's not just gonna come to you. You, you know, right. you have to make the right decisions along the way. And one of the best decisions I made was bringing Allison South in. Oh, you're in sweet. In 2017, in the fall of 2017. Do you think that's helped with your growth then? Absolutely. You know, having someone kind of not necessarily do what you can't do, but just take something off your plate, you know? Well, no, I think it's important as business owners to understand you do what you do and you're really good at what you do. Right. And you've got to know when to let go of the things that are keeping you from doing what you do best right. and making the money at what you do. Right. I'm not a marketing person. I, I've never been. I'm a networker. I right. love people. Right. I, I don't meet strangers. I go out and I talk to people um, very easy but I'm not a marketing, a branding, that, that just is not in, in right. my soul, right? But I feel like as a business owner and obviously being so closely involved with your brand and what you want it to look like, I'm, I'm sure very that close. was, right, I'm sure yeah. that was hard when you decided I'm gonna shift into you know this new branding mm -hmm. and kind of reface your business. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was kind of hard to relinquish that control. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a business owner by any means, but mm -hmm. I just started a little side hustle of my own and yeah. I think about, I, I mean, I don't think I could give that mm -hmm. up to somebody else to control. Well, I think that's but hard. I think too, when you own a business and you're, you're a CEO, you have that role, right? Yeah. And you have to know what you want. And so I know what I want, right. but I've got to find the team that helps me put it together. Right. I might not speak your language as a marketing person, but I can at least tell you my expectations. Right. And what I found is with Allison South is that they just hit the mark every time. That's awesome. They came well, back glad. with one shot logo. I loved it. Um, you have a great logo. You have this, a great brand. Yes, I, they have. They have been very instrumental. I, I, I give all that to Allison South. Um, well, you're definitely a huge facilitator of those ideas. So I think it's, yeah. I think it's got to be a relationship and a team effort. I mean, if some of my favorite clients, I mean, I can't say that, but all, they're all my favorite clients, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of my favorite clients, it's more like a partnership and a friendship more so than 
I'm your marketing person and you're the yeah. client. You know, I think yeah. I think you're you having the relationship that you do with Mike and our team helps. Yeah. And yeah. it goes a long way. Definitely. Um, I kind of want to go back to the culture comment. Sure. Because you, you know, you talked about leaving a situation because of the culture. Mm -hmm. And then now as a business owner, I'm sure you're super cognizant of what that culture is for your employees. Yes. What is the Mayo culture? I mean, what do you feel like mm -hmm. sets you apart and keeps people there? We're the fun CPAs. No way. I didn't know. You yes. have a plant in your office named Shakira. So. Yeah, we have a plant named Shakira. We had a fun little car named Tally. She, oh, Tally. She didn't get fired. She retired. Good um, for her. She had was, a long road. It was time for her to go. Um, you know, we're the fun CPAs. Uh, we believe in being like Gumby, where we're malleable. We know that we don't know everything. However, uh, we're willing to learn and figure yeah. it out. Um you know, we're, we believe in trust and loyalty and we right. believe in that on both sides, internally and externally. We have, what we deal with is so sensitive that it's very important for us to have relationships. Right. Not, not like your um, HR Blocks or Jackson Hewitt's where people might show up one, one year and right. they might not the next, right? We believe in, in facilitating an internal relationship type you know we have a coffee bar when you walk in we we want you to feel like you're at home when you're with us right so it's important to us uh for the way that we do it in our firm internally but also project it to our clients externally and right. and that's just part of who we are so. everything starts from within so i think mm -hmm. that's really important yeah um what about the work-life balance i mean what you do is non-stop I mean, obviously you have a tax season, quote unquote, but yeah. you're, you could be working all the time. How do you kind of separate that and turn that off or encourage your employees mm -hmm. to do that? I mean, I feel like with marketing is kind of the same, yeah. you know, it never stops. It never stops. You can have yeah. an event on Sunday, social media is all hours, you know, yeah. PR is all the time. I mean, how do you kind of balance that? Yeah. So, you know, if, if we have, if we have appointments, we need to go on, we just go on them. Mm -hmm. We, we make it. You know, we, as long as we work our life around um, our, you know, work life, then it it's it works out, right? Right. So if, you know, you have an appointment and you need to go to it, then just go. I mean, right. if, if you've got work to do, take your laptop. You can do it at home, whatever. Most of the time we're in the office. Right. Um, I have started closing the office on Fridays because... Uh, we, we just only for six months of the year from June to December. And then of course during tax season, we're You're open. Yeah, yeah, we're open. Um, but I feel like it's, it's, you know, it's not just taking care of our clients, but it's also taking care of our employees, the, mm -hmm. the people who do the most for, for our clients. Right. Um, and so if they have an appointment, I just tell them to go. Right. Like if you've got to do something, do it. Um, our office hours are 830 to 430 doesn't mean that we leave at 4.30. If we have work to get done or deadlines right. to meet, we stay. But if we have done all our work, we go home. Right. I mean, it's just, we we take our job serious, um, but we also, I encourage that they take, they take their out of the office life serious too. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, okay, I wanna go back to something that's, you know, kind of important and kind of relevant. <clears throat> Can you tell us about being <clears throat> a female in a, male-dominated, specifically white male-dominated industry. Um, we talked earlier about this statistic that we kind of found interesting. According to the Financial and Accounting Women's Alliance, women represent 50% of all full-time staff at CPA firms, but make up to just 
27% of partners. That is a mind-boggling statistic. It is. I mean, why why do you think that that's the case? Well, it, if you go back and look at the history of accounting, um, women were bookkeepers, hmm. which, and, and two, a lot of it is, you know, the industry is you have to be a CPA in order to be an owner. Um, it, it depends on the state, really, I guess. But right. um, to be a majority owner, you at least have to be a CPA. Well, if you go back and look at the history of the industry, uh, women were bookkeepers. <laughs> they weren't CPAs. Like that was it. <laughs> right. Just bookkeepers. Yep. Right. Yeah. And then, and I think we saw a shift in the seventies. Um, right. I think I read an article, I can't remember it exactly, but it was in the seventies that we saw a shift and, you know, it's just, it really has in this industry been a battle for women to become owners in a firm. Um, so you will see that women are the majority of the workers staff right. in the firm, uh, but not owners. Do you feel like you've faced a lot of hardship being a woman in this industry, especially an owner? I would say absolutely, yes. How yeah. do you kind of combat that? Or what, what are you doing to set yourself apart? I think it's just always being present. Um, is it an ongoing battle that most of the firms in town are owned by majority, majority owned by middle-aged white men? Right. Absolutely. Um, do I think if I had worked for one of those firms that I would ever been promoted or been an owner? Absolutely not. Really? That is absolutely true. Yeah. That is mind boggling mm -hmm. to me. Why not? I don't understand. It's I don't either. Shocking. Uh, it is shocking to me as well. Especially it, when you say most of the workers mm -hmm. are women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't get it. it I, I don't get it either. I mean, I, I've worked for firms where my my entire goal was to be an owner. And that was made very apparent um, from the beginning. Right. I, I don't I don't really hide what my my career is my career. Right. And where I want to be is where I want to right. be. And when I know I'm not going to get there, then I go find what I'm looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. In this case, um, you just know when you're at the firm, like you just know you're always going to be where you're at. Right. Management might be the highest position you get. You're never going to be an owner. Hmm. And and being a woman makes that harder. Right. Much, much harder. Well, then what's your advice to young girls or young women that are getting started in this industry that mm -hmm. feel the same way as you? I mean, what would you tell, you know, young Lisa Mayo when you're just yeah. graduating college? Yeah. I would say when I graduated college, I didn't know that I wanted to own a firm. Mm. I didn't know I didn't know where I wanted to go with my career necessarily. Yeah. Um, and the reason I think for that is because I didn't have someone that was was guiding me or, or a strong female mentor in my life. Yeah, I think it's important that we have those. And if you yes. need one or you feel like you just don't know what you want out of your career. You know you love accounting because mm -hmm. most of us that go into accounting do. Right. It's not a... You have to love numbers. You have yeah. to have that sort of analytical brain yeah. that you have or it wouldn't yeah. work. <laughs> you just didn't happen upon becoming an accountant, right? Right. You, you, you made the conscious choice to be one. And right. so if you do that, it, you know, maybe it starts with somebody internally at the school that helps you, you know, whatever university you go to, but you, you make sure that you find someone in the community that, you know, 
maybe could be a good leader for you that helps you to make that decision. Like, right. how do I become a CPA? How do I become an owner of a firm? How do mm-hmm. I become a shareholder? You know, maybe that's not what you want to do. Um, maybe you want to go into law like I, I considered, right? right? But I don't know how to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important for young women in any industry, not just accounting, to find mentors that help you through your career. Because we've awesome. all struggled. Yeah, I know I definitely look to a lot of our leadership here, um, specifically Kate Sanders. I mean, she's yeah. she's a mom, she's a leader, she's brilliant, and she balances it all somehow. So I've been very fortunate to talk with her, but I think it's important yeah. to even reach out to people not in the same industry. So I agree. Um, all right, we're going to round this out with okay. our last segment. Um, okay. I ask all my guests um what is their ring the cowbell moment? So here at Allison South, you already know, you mentioned yeah. <laughs> it, um, but we ring the cowbell, quote unquote, for our successes. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small. It could be, hey, I got to work on time today. I'm ringing the cowbell. Um, when you think back on your career or even just your time recently with Mayo Strategic Advisors, what do you what do you ring the cowbell for? So... Personally, yeah. I, I would say I ring the cowbell for knowing that I've given back to the community I live in and, and being a part of whatever that might be, um, serving on boards. Um, yeah, you, know. you serve on a lot of boards. Can you just kind of give us a quick overview of those that you right. serve on? Uh, so I, I'm a part of Augusta West Rotary. Okay. I'm the membership uh, chair there. I'm Forces United. I'm treasurer for Forces United. The Fort Gordon Historical Museum Society, I'm the treasurer for for them. Helping them get set up and started has been fun. I'm sure. Uh, Women in Defense, I was the treasurer up until last quarter, handed that off uh, recently, and still part of the group. I love what they're doing for women. I'm on the advisory committee for the local Girl Scouts. Uh, We do a lot for them. So I do a lot in the community, and I feel like if the more I give back to the community I live in, uh, the more rewards for me, Absolutely. right? It, it, it not just for me, it's for everyone. Right. It's because we're doing good things in this community. Um, the the um, grant panel, I serve on the grant panel for the Community Foundation. I didn't I do it this that. this October, but um, for the last four or five years I've done it. And it's it's really been an eye opener for me of what is actually going on in our community Behind and how I can help. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's cowbell for me, giving that's back awesome. to my community. Well, you're, you're just the best and we're honored to be a partner with you and to continue mm-hmm. to work with you. Um, if listeners and viewers want to find you and find Mayo strategic mm-hmm. advisors, where can they find you on social media or on the internet? Yeah. So mayoadvisors.com okay. would be our web address. And uh, our address is 2907 Professional Parkway in Augusta, Georgia. They can come by the, the coffee bar. They can come by <laughs> and have a coffee anytime. Uh, phone number 706-733-0416. Um, we are on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Uh, Mayo Strategic Advisors. That's awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and glad we caught you before the busy season. Um, We are just so grateful. So thank thank you. you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.